Hey there. You got a bunch of leads, but too swamped to make heads or tails out of them? When it comes to sealing the deal, you just throw out a number and hope for the best? Well, it's time to change that too. Welcome to the Million Dollar Pipeline Challenge, tailor-made for the home services and remodeling pros just like you. We're cutting through the clutter, showing you how to chat with your customers and nail your pitches and boost those conversions. No more guesswork, just solid strategies to grow your business. Tune in to transform your approach and let's build that million dollar pipeline together. Text the word money to 844-949-1984. That's the word money to 844-949-1984 to begin your million dollar pipeline challenge today. Welcome to Blue Collar BS, a podcast that busts the popular myth that we can't find good people, highlighting how the different generations of today, the boomers, Gen X, millennials, and Gen Z are redefining work so that the industrial revolution that started in the U.S. stays in the U.S. To the show, Brad Herta, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic, Mr. Stephen Doyle. I am excited about today. I am like giddy like a millennial today almost. What? Absolutely. Not, you know, like frumpy, like a, not frumpy, like a, you know, Gen Zer. <laughs> frumpy like a Gen Z. What are you talking about? Yeah, you don't I mean, even know. Hey, it's a generational show, man. Get your shit together. You know, like, like, you know, so like with mine, you know, they walk around in their hoodies and pout all the time. Like, you know, mom and dad suck and all this kind of crap. You know, and they sit on their couch, use their technology. It's kind of great, you know, but because they're 12. <laughs> nah, they're older than that one. She's at driver's training today. So oh, even better. <laughs> oh, even better. It's great. It's great. So what do we awesome. got lined up today? That's so got today, so working. today, I am so excited because we one, we have a returning guest, uh, Daniel Felt from Cura Homes. And two, on our last show, he indicated he'd be more than happy to try something different. And he brought with him a younger person within his organization, uh, Garrett Olson. And we're going to try this little bit of long-term, long-format, argumentative, maybe get into some root and some details as to why things are the way they are for different people, different generations, and get in some meaningful conversations. So I'd like to welcome Daniel Felt from Kira Homes and also Garrett Olson from Kira Homes back to the show. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. It's great to be here. This is where you would Thanks, speak, Garrett. Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're already getting we're already getting into that. So before we get started, we're going to ask you the question I always forget. So uh, Daniel, accustomed to this, uh, Daniel, what generation do you uh, best fit in with or identify with? Yeah, I I fit in and was born in and identify with millennials. Well, I don't know if I identify with because I'm like an 80 year old boomer at heart. I'm an old soul, Uh, so so I don't know. Maybe I don't identify with those guys. That but uh, but I was born in 1989, so I'm right smack in the middle of the uh, the millennial generation there. But like I said, identify as a very old man and old soul. (laughs) Awesome. Garrett, same question. Which uh, generation do you identify with and fit in with? So, uh, born in 1996, so you know, right on the right on the edge of millennial and Gen Z. Um, as far as you know, um, which one I identify more with, I would say, I guess bits and pieces of both. Maybe slightly more Gen Z, I would say. But uh, but yeah, I guess definitely aspects of both. Awesome. awesome. That's awesome. And Brad's a boomer. <laughs> Me, just a Gen X. So we're good. We got everybody. 
<laughs> I can play that role if I need to. Or uh, Daniel and I can switch roles, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll play around with it. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Right? Awesome. All right, Steve, you're going to get the first question here today, so let her rip. I'm going to get the first question today, so perfect. So let's just jump right into kind of generation-wise with a millennial and a Gen Z. How do you guys find interacting with each other in the workforce? You know, is it positive, negative challenges that happen? Let's go through all of those. So we'll kind of go with Daniel first, and then we'll jump over to Garrett. Yeah, I think I think for me as you know, my role in the company, I'm, I'm the owner of the company, but I also have tried very hard to allow managers to run the, run the show and I really, really delegate and not micromanage anything. And I think I've been really fortunate to have some really good managers in place. And, and Garrett is our operations manager at this time. I get along really well with Garrett. Yeah. I, I, we, we get along great. We, we, I think we have a mutual respect for each other. What I don't get along with super well at times, and I have to put an effort into it, is the next generation down. Some of my guys that are coming in that are, you know, 18 to 22, 23 years old right now, I it's there's for sure a gap in the mindset. And I have to very diligently think of creative ways to motivate them, to get them to so we can all accomplish the same goals. So we also have some people in our company that are in their, you know, I'd say in the I don't know if they're quite boomer. They're they're in there somewhere. They're in their fifties and early sixties. So not sure where they're at. Blades them, Brad. You maybe know. I get along with them really well, and and we all we're all great. So so with Garrett and I, we we get along really great. And I I don't I don't know if Garrett and I have ever really had a dis- disagreement. I think because of that mutual respect that's there, and I think that could probably go across a lot of generations. What's tricky is finding that mutual respect with age groups like as it gets farther and farther apart. And I think as I've been running this business, which we're, we've been in business for seven years. I noticed that gap increasing. It seems like every six months, I feel like it gets a little bit larger. <laughs> All right, Garrett, your turn. Tell us what you don't get along with uh, Daniel about. How, how, how you just can't stand, right? Because you're at the tail end of that millennial Gen Z. You know, how you just can't stand those older millennials. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. Like Daniel said, we got a we got a pretty good relationship going. Don't uh, don't disagree on too much, but even like he was kind of saying on some of like the younger guys we um we got hired on that are like between like the I'd say like eighteen to twenty two mark can definitely kind of tell you know a difference um just in you know what motivates them um even as opposed to, you know what uh, what motivated me and I'm just you know a few years older than them so but so, um, but so yeah. what is your motivation, Garrett? What 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 does motivate you? I mean, I feel like on one side, money kind of motivates everyone to an extent, but also um, what I think is even more important than that is just um, having having the freedom to kind of make your own decisions, not being micromanaged, have someone constantly over over your head hammering you, like, make this quota, make this quota, make this quota. But, um, but yeah. And what are you seeing? What are you seeing with that eighteen to twenty-two year old? What are you guys seeing from a motivation from those gentlemen or ladies, or whatever um, they are today in today's? I'd say a big thing um, that I've noticed with them, and also also is important to me as well, is just have is being able to take time off. You know, not being not being basically chained to the company, having to come in five days a week. Um, you know, 40 hours with, with, with no, with no chance of PTO or taking time off. I think that's a big one. 
All right, Mr. Daniel Felt. He teed it up for you. As the, <laughs> so, as the business as the business owner and and as the you know, the old soul at heart, how yep. does that how does that make you uh, as the owner feel that you got a bunch of employees that don't want to commit, so to speak. They'll they'll commit, but just for 4 hours a day. Yeah. Well, well, here's what I've done to try to combat that. We created a bonus structure, and I think a lot of people will like this, but it, it's kind of working, but it kind of isn't. And the bonus structure, it, and we're, we're, uh, we're now like six months into it, or for five and a half months into it, we started at the beginning of the year, and it's an attendance bonus. If you show up on time every day your first week, it's, you get $10. If you show up on time every time your second week, it's 20 and then 30 then 40 So it just it goes on. If you request time off at two weeks in advance, it's, it's uh, accepted, you know, approved time off, you're good to go. So if you show up on time every day the entire year, your last week of, of, of December, it's going to be a $520 bonus, uh, which accumulates to be like $13,700 roughly for the Are year. Are you kidding me? I'm dead serious. Now, there's, there's more. Wow. If, wow. if everyone in the company shows up on time for the 720 tech meeting, I will double your bonus that week, which means that if everyone showed up on time, they could get roughly a $27,000 bonus on, on the year. And, and these, a lot of these guys are making 18 to $21 per hour plus tips plus commission. So for that, so you think like, holy cow. Now there's a caveat. If someone no call, no shows, no one gets their bonus that week. So if you were on track to get a hundred dollar bonus that week, it would be put on hold. You don't get your bonus because one of your tech, one of your teammates didn't show up that week. So that was going really well until we had one snowstorm in Minnesota. And we had, (laughs) you had more than one. My oldest son lives there. You had more than one. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, And so I've, I've tried so many creative ways to try to get these guys. And I think one of our guys who's part time, and we've like, we figured out a creative way and I don't know all the details on that, but to, and he's, he's on track. He's five months on in. And I think he's like, he works, I think two days a week. So it's prorated. I think he's like getting about a hundred dollar bonus a week right now. Yeah, it's showing like 150, up on time. 150. Is that right? Yeah. So he's a $150 bonus. I'm coming to work showing, for you. Yeah. No yeah, kidding. Exactly. Right? Yeah. You guys are luck. We're, we're hiring. So <laughs> we we're trying creative ways to combat some of these things of knowing that, you know, Hey, people are not, they don't necessarily want to come in with that and and what we're trying to do to combat that rather than like sit there and argue and put on the punching gloves and and go to town on this thing we're just looking for more part-time employees that that's what they want and and Garrett's 100 percent i've i've with right that it's like hey i want part-time one reason why i started this company is because i actually wanted i had like three weeks of pto built up in my previous company i wanted to take one week off during the slowest week of the year and it was denied and i was like i i like call me crazy but i'm like there's nothing for me to do i'm i'm out of here and that was one of a few reasons why I left that company and started Cure Home. And I'm glad I did because now I've got to meet a lot of great people like you guys. So from so at Cure Home, one thing that is for sure is anyone that's ever requested time off, if they've done it within two weeks, it's, they've, it's been approved. You've, everyone's time off has always been approved for sure. And that's one thing that Garrett has, has noted. So we're trying to combat it. But I think long term, I'm at the point right now where rather than having 20 full-time guys, I would take 40 part-time guys. Because when they say they're going to show up that two or three days a week, they do show up and they give it 110%. Where a lot of my full-time guys on Friday, it's like, uh, end of the week, they're groggy. Like if we have a callback, you look at statistics, it's pretty likely to be on a Friday because guys forgot a drill or maybe they didn't do as great of a job on a Friday afternoon as they did, you know, Tuesday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
I'm just floored that you have the opportunity for a $13,000 bonus to show up on time. Mm -hmm. That's also, you know, perfect world. No one gets, uh, you you know, no one gets sick, but still a pretty, pretty good incentive. So just from a detail perspective on that. So, okay, week one, $10, week two, $20, week three, $30. I miss in week four. Do I go back to $10 or am I done for the year? Nope. Goes back to 10 and you have the opportunity to work your way back up. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Damn. That Damn. is that is impressive. So, <laughs> so wow. I don't even know where to go with that. That is right? I, I that is new information here. And you heard it first here on Blue Collar BS podcast with Daniel Felton, Garrett Olson from Kira Homes up in Minnesota. Attendance yeah. bonuses. As yep. an opportunity, and yet people still will not take advantage of it. Well, you know, you guys, if you when you run, start running the numbers, right, and and you look at what's the cost of not doing a correct twelve hundred or fifteen hundred dollar day, and yeah, there's the financial loss, and you're never going to get that day back. But also, you, in for our business right now, a huge majority of our work is coming in because of referrals, and Damn. so I I think in in my observation, you kind of get three strikes with a with a customer. And like, you know, rescheduling once, you got to strike. Maybe the technician shows up at the end of his two-hour window rather than at the beginning of it. And you're kind of like half strike. You know, you're pretty close to two strikes. Then like one minor thing happens. Like, you know, he trips down the stairs and he scratches the paint or something. Three strikes, you're getting a bad review and you're never going to be referred by that customer compared to you show up when you say you're going to show up, which comes into place with that bonus. So not only because you were on time to the tech meeting, so then you're on time to your first job. You you met you were then part of our training, which made you a better technician as well, because we have a ninety day reoccurring training program that all these guys are going through. It's right. it's a win win. I and so right. I think the ROI has got to be fantastic for sure. If I gave you thirteen grand, you would be you would have you would be an all star phenomenal technician at the end of that year because you you would have just been killed it, and you would have made way more too because of all the tips and upsells that you got because you were on time and the information that you got from the the. Uh, tech meeting that Garrett leads each morning. Wow. All right. So there's a positive thing that's going on and, and taking place. So Garrett, as a younger uh, person in the trades world and, and coming in, I guess, how, how were you treated by your elders as you were coming through before, you know, wherever, I'm not sure all your background before you got to Kira Homes. But how how did that path to be in this uh, home improvement space, maintenance space, uh, how did you get here? And what was that like with, you know, some of the boomers or Xers along the way to get you to this point? Yeah, um, I guess kind of seems like those are kind of two. I'm going to answer that kind of separately as far as how as I got here and kind of the interaction with boomers. Um how I got into Kira, um, I was originally doing uh, sales and logistics um, for a company um, for about a year and a half. Got laid off in the beginning of COVID when you know the economy shut down. They thought no one was going to be shipping for who knows how long. Ended mm-hmm. up um, ended up coming over to coming over to Kira because I had a buddy um, who worked here at the time. Ended up really referral liking bonus? it. Did you get a referral bonus, Garrett? Did you did your buddy kick you a referral bonus? Part of that. <laughs> Nah, he probably pocketed that bonus. <laughs> <laughs> At times, we do give a $500 bonus if yeah, someone stays yeah. on for 90 days. Yeah. But it's the person who got them on, not the person who came on. 
Yeah. Well, you got to split that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then, uh, yeah, ended up taking a job here. Originally, it was just kind of going to be an in-between gig and then um, ended up really liking the work. Um, really like working for Daniel. Really like all the guys here. Just really like the environment as a whole and then ended up staying on. And now here I am as operations manager. And then kind of going back to the second part of that question, I guess um, I don't really run into any issues per se, like within this company, just because, um, you know, we're not um, super huge. So don't, you know, have like um, have like a super huge employee pool of boomers. But um, one thing I've definitely noticed is um, when like I go to job sites, given estimates um, for like commercial air duct cleaning, stuff like that. Definitely have gotten comments about uh, being young or like looking young, stuff like that. So I feel like that's definitely kind of something I need to overcome and just kind of, you know, like, like kind of like extra prove myself that I have the knowledge um, and the skills to, you know, do a good job for him versus, you know, some of the other guys who like look like they're like 50 and, you know, just look like your classic tradesmen, like they've been doing it for 20 years. (laughs) Are your fingers all yellow from smoking? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the dusty white van, but um, <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not white anymore. It's rust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, in, in in that aspect, I feel like there's definitely been kind of a challenge there, and not you know every job and estimate is like that, but definitely, um, definitely can kind of feel the skepticism sometimes when they're asking me questions. Okay, so. Elaborate on that a little bit more because we want to dig into some some common, whether it's a misconception or perception, you know, when it's when we're working with different generations with the preconceived notions that they have for you, it's age clearly with the boomers. But how does that how does that manifest like um, manifest in a way from uh, you've mentioned you have to, quote unquote, overcome it? So clearly there's there's some animosity and I'm just going to call it out. I'm, so clearly there may be some animosity there. So how does that in your mind, like how are we working through that? I guess working through like working through their doubts or yeah. like their, yeah. I guess I just kind of sometimes I'll like over explain things or, you know, like um, um, or even like my vocabulary, like, you know, I'll try to almost use like um you know, not like dumb it down, kind of try to use. Vocabulary. How, about, how about this? How about like not using like? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a hard one. <laughs> that would be a key one, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or say, my bad. Uh, yeah. I'll add it. I'll, I'll help you out on this little Garrett. I think one thing that what I've tried to do as a business owner, knowing that we're sending very young technicians and, and Garrett, you you brought it up is and we just covered this in a training meeting yesterday is informing these guys, giving them so much knowledge that they come in as the area expert. And the little things that we do is teaching our guys, as dumb as it sounds, but the garbage disposal, which we clean and sharpen for our clients when we visit once a quarter, that was invented in Racine, Wisconsin in 1927. Now, can anyone honestly really even care? But you know, when you've got Susie homeowner who's maybe watching over your shoulder or whatever it may be, and you're trying to have small talk and she's like, oh, why are you doing that? And and these guys know that it was actually illegal to have a garbage disposal in, in New York until the 90s. And some of these like kind of random facts are like, wow, you really know a lot about this. And it's like, yeah, I might be 19, but you're right. I do know a ton about what I'm doing 
And when you get portray that confidence to the customer, they really know what's they they start to trust you. They're like, you know what, I'm just gonna let you do my thing, and I'll I'm gonna go jump on a, a meeting or whatever it may be. So with that, I I experienced the same thing that Garrett is talking about when I started this company. I was 26 years old, and what was really challenging then is having no reviews online, having zero reputation anywhere. No one has seen your vehicle driving down the highway. At least now we're knocking on the door of a thousand Google reviews. And we've got, you know, like 17,000 people on our Instagram, like people, they, they see you and they're like, okay, all these other people trust you and you, you build this online presence and, you know, you have your vehicles driving down the highway each day. They, it's, it's a lot easier to be a respected brand. And then with that, your employees are, are wearing that. But we do so many things to build respect, the way that we knock on a door, take a few steps back, stand, you know, take a step down on the stoop so that you're just doing all these little things so that people feel confident and comfortable with you in their home. Fair. I like it. I, I, I actually appreciate the fact that you're equipping with like all the employees going out to the site, like having those discussions to equip them with the knowledge because that doesn't happen in a lot of businesses today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for us, we're trying really, really hard to build a long-term brand and a long-term relationship. We visit our clients, you know, we have over 800 clients that we visit every three months, take care of all the routine maintenance. They can cancel anytime. And with that, like they've had different technicians at their house. We can't send all of a sudden one guy who knows absolutely nothing. And he's like, oh, could you tell me where's your utility room? Every utility room in Minnesota is in the basement. We know where it is. Just go down there. Don't be dumb. You know, so it's like just equipping these guys. You know, we want to keep our clients on. You know, they our average client last year signed on for $418 a quarter. That's a very valuable client. You don't want to be losing these people by not training your employees when you've worked so hard to get them on board. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, that's spectacular. So one of the things that, you know, when we do, when I do one of my talks on multi-generational workforce and things, right. Um, Garrett, you kind of talked about a little bit of money is always somewhere a motivator at some point for that sense of security and safety and different things. But what I have found, uh, mostly is that, you know, in the vast majority of cases, that's not necessarily why people are working anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's a, that, that is pretty much taken care of either through uh, your own personal opportunity or other things that are going on in society, different things. It's that sense of community. So Garrett, you said this was going to be a interim gig. This was just going to mm-hmm. be a stopover, a holdover. Hey, yeah. I need something to do. Had I known that, I would never would have hired you, Garrett. we'll talk later we'll talk later hang on hang on hang on pre-show pre-show there was no repercussion talk (laughs) but but you said hey this is going to be a part-time this is just going to kind of be a holdover till i find my my next thing so two questions what was it that you were going to go look for after this coming in to the organization. And then the second question of that is what made you stay along the way? So first question, I would say, right. What were you looking for at the same time while you were working at Cura those first six months as well? I mean, those um, types of well, well, I guess wasn't really looking at the same time, but like I had kind of like a preconceived notion, um, you know, before starting here is like, you know, like I'll be here for a few months, kind of look for like another, another something along the lines of sales is, is probably where I was going to look for maybe something in logistics again, but um, 
but yeah, more so was probably going to look at sales, but um, I'd say what kept me here um, was just a combination of um, Daniel being a good boss. Like I said, he does not micromanage one bit. Um, it's kind of like, you know, you, you have a long leash until, um, until you don't, and you kind of mess that up or like, you know, betray. <laughs> don't do betray. stupid shit and you don't get a leash. Got it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah long leash. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, and just like the camaraderie, I guess, with all the guys, um, I guess when I started, we still got a hand, like a handful of the same guys. Um, obviously, you know, not a hundred percent the same crew, but, um, that was a big part as well. Um, just enjoying working with the guys, good atmosphere. Um, everyone got along, um, no one's sitting there yelling at you, stuff like that. So, so would you say there was a sense of community? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, And relationships that were being built? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you do a lot of work, a lot of things with uh, some of your teammates outside of work or, or not so much? Um, not so much. Usually we'll have like a yearly, um, we'll do like a yearly thing, you know, like uh, this last year we went and played um, whirly ball and laser tag. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of whirly ball. It's mm-hmm. basically like a short lacrosse stick on, um, on some bumper cars, but, um, but, 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 but yeah, so I guess not, um, not like on a weekly, monthly basis, anything like that. Um, but, um, I mean, I have conversations with like, with like the guys in the techs about stuff outside of work and non-work related, um, you know, all the time at the end of the day, they'll usually pop up. Um, we talk and stuff. So whether it's me and another tech one-on-one or like a group of us, um, seems like at the end of the day, everyone kind of always comes together and will at least chat a little bit. Cool. Hey, everybody. Brad, just popping in here in between episodes. We've had so much fun with these Cura guys that we've been able to split this episode into two pieces. Part two of the show will explore the differences in interviewing Gen Z, some things that happened during the interviews, and how to create problem solvers in your company and so much more. Uh, looking forward to giving you episode 61 soon. Thank you for listening to Blue Collar BS. Brought to you by Vision Forward Business Solutions and Professional Business Coaching, Inc. If you'd like to learn more on today's topic, just reach out to Steve Doyle or myself, Brad Herta. Please like, share, rate, and review this show as feedback is the only way we can get better. Let's keep blue-collar businesses strong for generations to come.